0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santorelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing my final review of RIP Diets, where Emily talks about the uh, 10 principles of intuitive eating. So I will get into that in just a moment. Uh, First, just a quick personal update. So I'm taping this little intro on a Saturday and I'm actually going to be uploading it for to go live tomorrow. And I very rarely do, you know, tape my podcast this late. Typically, I'm taping it much earlier in the week. So I have plenty of time to edit and do all that good stuff. But I was hoping that by 5 p.m. yesterday I would have the results of my arbitration. And that did not happen, unfortunately. So I was hoping to give all of you an update and so, you know, you could get an answer. I could get an answer. I mean, I've, I've literally been like a tortured soul all week, trying not to be like, trying to just enjoy every moment and, you know, being grateful for every day and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, it's, I definitely expected to have an answer by Friday. And I, again, what have we learned? Setting expectations. Is the fastest way towards disappointment. So, I guess I shouldn't be expecting by next Friday. Even though I can't help my brain from going there, uh, I I'm trying to set my sights on an answer before Christmas. But we'll see. We shall see. So, anyway, I did uh, decide to torture myself extra by doing a carnivore day. Now, I thought I might try to do two carnivore days. I knew I at least wanted to do one just to just to reset after Thanksgiving and all of the, you know. I started, you know, going crazy on processed sugar again and just eating till my teeth hurt. So I'm like, okay, time to reset. And so I just just did one day. And, um, and so what I did was I went and got a filet, a couple of filet mignons because I, I don't, I don't like a fatty steak. I like a very lean steak and I got some shrimp so I could make some shrimp scampi and I got, I already had eggs in the house. Um, I did get a pork roast as well. And, um, and you know, cause I wanted to really enjoy the foods that I was going to eat and, um, and you know, so I I woke up that day definitely not. I mean, it's it's like starting on a Monday, you know, knowing that it's going to be a long day anyway, knowing that you can't have any sugar at all, even any fruit. You know, it wasn't a day I was really looking forward to. And I was I was worried that I wouldn't be able to sleep very well at night cuz typically I need, you know, a good amount of carbs at night to sleep. So, I had my eggs in the morning. And I was going to let myself have an energy drink, like, because just for some sweetness, but I decided not to because the, even though they're sugar free, they do have carbs in them. And I was just like, nah, let me just avoid this today too. Cause I, I really, you know, when I set my mind to something, I really do want to do it 100% and I just didn't want that in there. So I started the day with some eggs and uh used a little olive oil. I do like the taste of scrambled eggs in olive oil with salt and pepper. It tastes like popcorn to me for some reason, but that was good. I'd keep an, uh a yolk in there. Um I typically eat I, I usually don't just eat egg whites, I usually eat some yolk. Uh and then for lunch I did shrimp scampi, which I mean I mean the good thing about doing high protein is you're not as hungry. And you just don't want to eat for me, at least, even though I didn't have any specific amount, I was, I was limiting myself to, like I I was allowing myself to eat unlimited amounts of protein, but I'm just not someone that likes to eat a lot of animal protein in general. So I did use some, lots of olive oil, lots of good fats. Um, And some, uh, Chad did cook the steak later in butter, but, um, I don't know. Like I, I love shrimp scampi, especially when it's in pasta or you know with rice or you know even just with a salad on the side. But just eating plain shrimp, I don't know. Like I can, I can enjoy a shrimp cocktail, but there was something about chewing on those little bodies. I don't know. I, I hard I had a hard time kind of choking them down. It, I don't know. I sometimes I get weird in my head about animal protein all of a sudden it's it hits me randomly and there's no rhyme or reason especially if it's not breaded like if those shrimp had been breaded like my like at Christmas I make what's called we call shrimp guido which is you know basically shrimp scampi but breaded and fried um I don't know just that little bit of breading helps to I don't know take away some of the some of the feeling that I'm just eating flesh um so, so I did eat those shrimp, not a lot of them. And then I went and did a red, uh, uh infrared sauna, which was nice. Well, actually I, I feel like I was going to pass out. I think they, I think they put it on way too hot. Like they put it at, I've had everywhere from 145 degrees and this guy put it up to 161 or 162 and I was like dying. I mean, I had to step out a couple of times and just, just to breathe and you know, put my head upside down and try not to pass out. But, um, but I did enjoy that. And I didn't want to do any, I didn't work out that day. But the infrared sauna is supposed to increase your heart rate. So I was like, okay, that'll be my like pseudo workout for the day. Um, and so I went home and I, I did have Chad cook the steaks because I just, I'm not really good at cooking steak in general. Uh, so he cooked them and they came out nice and I just ate that piece of meat, like (laughs) piece of meat on a plate, eating the, eating the steak. It's, it's, it doesn't feel natural to me to just eat meat with no vegetables, nothing on the side. You know, I, 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 I did enjoy that. I do like a filet and I can eat, there are some proteins that I can eat all by themselves. Like salmon's one of them um, you know, if I'm eating a good, good quality sashimi, but it, I, it has to be in a good sauce, of course, like a ponzu or something. Uh, and, and definitely like steak, especially if it's in a really good sauce. Like I love a peppercorn sauce. Of course, I didn't have any sauce to dip it in last night or the other day when I did the carnivore diet, but, but, you know, so I, I finished the steak and, you know, I had ice cream in the freezer that, you know, I had a bunch of stuff. Like I had some you know, some caramel popcorn left over. Usually I do have to get all processed sugar out of the house completely in order to stick to something like that. But I think because I had been just overeating so much prior to this one day, I was like, come on, Veronica, you can you can do it one day. You can do anything for one day. So that's kind of how I got myself through that night. I I was proud of myself. I didn't have anything at night. I just went to bed and had a, a very successful day. And I will say, you know, just doing one day was enough to take away some of the, what I call carb bloat. It's just this extra layer of like fat and carb on my belly that just, you know, went away, slightly went away when I did the the carnivore diet for that day. And then the next day I was thinking about doing just protein and vegetables that day. But you know, I have to say that when I was doing the carnivore diet that one day that night, I was looking in my my little drawer in the refrigerator, and these apples were still left over there from Thanksgiving, and I was like, "Oh those apples look so good, I'm like "Oh, I want an apple so bad and it's like, and you know to not let yourself have an apple it doesn't, that doesn't seem healthy, right? Like it doesn't seem, it seems weird to restrict yourself from having an apple. And so I, so when I thought, when I thought about that the next day, I'm like, no, I don't want to just do protein and vegetables because I want to like, let myself have some fruit if I want it. So I was like, let me just, just, let me just do whole foods today, but incorporate, you know, my healthy protein shake that I really enjoy. And then if I want to have a, you know, an apple for dessert later, I'll let myself have an apple for dessert. And so, so I did another, you know, lots of protein, lots of vegetables that day. Um, it was nice to eat. <laughs> it's funny, like when you do reset for one day, it's amazing what you appreciate. You know, you appreciate those cucumbers, you appreciate that red onion. Um, and so, so I will say that is a good thing about resetting. M- Michelle, my friend Michelle said the same thing. Like She does those 30 day, um, like resets for alcohol, um, fairly often. She usually does it a couple times a year. I've only done that once in my life. um, And now the problem with that is when I reset, Now she says that when she resets for a month with alcohol, when she goes back drinking, she drinks way, way, way less than she ever, you know, had before, which makes sense. I mean, sometimes I'll do that and, you know, I'll eat way less sugar. and, And that's, that's the result of this, this carnivore day, you know, definitely eating less sugar this week. But, um, When I did my reset for alcohol, like a 30-day off, the problem with my my 30 days is the Super Bowl was like the next day after my 30 days ended, and I didn't take it easy drinking that day, and yeah, I don't remember half the night. So so anyway, but I, I do think in general that does work. Now this week, because I still had that ice cream left in the freezer that was calling my name... I did have, I did eat whole foods all day, every day, all week. I had the pork roast. I had lots of salads. I had lots of eggs. Um, So I feel really good. I worked out a ton. Um, And I, but I did have ice cream every night. And I just had one, like a, a portion of ice cream with some almond butter on top. And, you know, so it's better than the sprinkles and the jimmies that I like to put on extra sugar onto my ice cream. At least I didn't do that. I did some almond butter, which I think tastes delicious with French vanilla ice cream. And so, but I just had a normal portion. And, and ideally it's, it's funny because I had this thought, I'm like, you know, it's funny because a lot of times I'm trying to be like, you know, some days I'll try to be completely whole foods. But the reality is the times that the ice cream or the times that the dessert tastes the best is when you have eaten, you know, very nutritionally all day, and you've eaten a lot of whole foods, and it's like that treat at the end of the day that you can enjoy, you know, just it instead of having the days where I'm like, binging on shit all day and junk food, where things don't taste as good, because I've already eaten so much sugar that day. It's amazing when you haven't had any processed sugar all day, that delicious dessert at the end, it's like, that's to me, that's how it should be. Like that's, that I think is a very normalized way of eating. And, um, I just think that that's a nice balanced way of eating where you truly enjoy things. You're not restricting yourself. You're, you're having good nutrition and treating your body well, but also still indulging and having things that, that, you know, aren't whole foods, but you really enjoy. So that's what I'd like to get to for the most part. And then, did a couple other fun things, just, you know, scooted around our neighborhood, looking at some of the Christmas lights, um, did another red light sauna therapy a little bit later in the week. I was trying to do like heavy self-care this week and, you know, work out a lot just to take my mind off, um, you know, my arbitration results. And so, um, I scheduled, so this weekend I'm actually just about to head over to a baby shower and we're going to go tailgating and watch a football game and... And then I I scheduled a Pilates class tomorrow on Sunday so that I, you know, have a nice balanced weekend because so next week I, you know, I'm here in Arizona for another week and then I actually fly back to the East Coast on Saturday next week. So so I I actually have taped a bunch of podcasts that I'm going to be playing over the holidays. I have a couple interviews coming up. Um, but first, I did want to uh, finish that review of RAP diets. All right. So let's get into our review of RIP diets. So we finally made it to the last three principles of intuitive eating. We'll cover eight, nine, and 10 today. And then I will do future episodes on RIP diets. I really do like Emily's content on this specific podcast. Uh, we'll move on to some other uh, some other various different podcasts as well, just so we can have some, some change and some you know some variety, but um, but I do want to finish up because I do really enjoy understanding these principles thoroughly. And so, number eight, uh, the eighth principle of intuitive eating is all about respecting your body. And so, the official definition uh, from IntuitiveEating.org is: respect your body, accept your genetic blueprint. Just as a person with a shoe size of 8 would not expect to realistically squeeze into a size 6, it is equally futile and uncomfortable to have a similar expectation about body size. But mostly, respect your body so you can feel better about who you are. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you're unrealistic and overly critical of your body size or shape. All bodies deserve dignity. And you know it's not going to happen overnight uh you know what emily thinks is you should just check in with yourself and you know look at the way that you're you're talking to yourself the self talk that you have you know is it the way that you would talk to a friend um you know am i treating myself with the way that i deserve to be treated you know do unto others do just as you should do unto yourself um And and I think Emily makes a really good point here where she's saying, you know, don't just love your body because there are going to be times when you don't love your body, right? Like there are going to be times that you're not having a good body image day, but you can always respect your body. Everybody deserves to be treated with respect. And she brings up this point. She's like, would you call your friend a fat loser? <laughs> so don't say it to yourself. Uh, you know, positive reinforcement, of course, is 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 going to be better and more effective. And that's been proven in a lot of different fields. Um, I really like this one because... This was a huge turning point for me, and I, I don't remember exactly when I started thinking differently about my body and stopped kind of tearing it down and picking apart every imperfection, but really started appreciating it for how strong it was, you know, what it could do for me. Um, You know, the fact that I have all my limbs, you know, I have two arms, I have two legs, you know, I... I am healthy. I mean, all of those things you you really should not take for granted. The fact that you can walk, the fact that you can run. I mean, you know, there might be people in the audience that can't do those things, and they have found gratitude in other parts of their body or in other things. And so, you know, I think that that was, you know, when I when I think because especially if you know what's going on in the world. I mean, I'll never forget that documentary about the Boston Marathon and that bomber. And it it followed these poor people that were maimed by this bomb that went off and all the shrapnel they had in there. I remember the story of this girl who, you know, she had so much damage to one of her legs, she had to have... I I believe they started amputating it below the knee and then they just had to keep moving up and and continuing to amputate more and more and more because it it wasn't healing and it kept getting infected. And, and she was just constantly in pain and constantly having to go back and have more surgeries and get more bad news. And, and all she wanted to do was just walk, you know, even, even on, you know, a, a prosthetic, she just wanted to be able to heal. And move forward with her life, and I'll never forget. You know, when when you hear stories like that of people's immense struggle just to just to do normal activities that all of us take for granted every day, it does put into perspective when you're you know tearing yourself down for some superficial bullshit. It's like, well, actually, I can walk, and I haven't been maimed by a bomb. So I'm going to be grateful for my life and for the blessings that I do have. So I, you know, every time I start thinking negatively, I, I think of things like that. And I think, shut the fuck up, Veronica. Like you are so fortunate and so blessed. How dare you think about those things? How dare you? And look, all cuts hurt. It's not like, um, you know, it's it's not normal to have these thoughts, but uh, but I think being able to pull your brain back into a better perspective and just respect your body and think about all the things it can do. Like I, I'll i never forget, and again, I, I forget who was the some of the first people that I heard say it, but it it, it was. I, I definitely know that, you know, Sammy talked about it a lot. She was the former um host of Diet Starts Tomorrow, but you know, when she gets in her head, she starts thinking about, you know, my value is not my body. Like I'm not like a supermodel. That's not what I was put on this earth to do. And, you know, it just helps her focus on what she does offer, you know, the world, like her brain, her personality, you know, people love her for who she is, not what she looks like and what her body looks like in a dress or in a bathing suit, blah, blah, blah. So I just, I think that that's a really good one because you know it also embraces culture and diversity and and reminds people to to think about that right like for so long like the thin white woman was just that's the only thing we saw on TV right and and there weren't there wasn't diversity there weren't you know larger bodies uh shown there weren't you know all the different ethnicities that are out there like you just didn't see them as much and And people need to be represented in media to feel good about themselves and be you know, if sh- if you can see her, you can be her. and And I, I just think that there are going like the heroin chic look is just not going to be attainable for most humans, right? and 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 if you are, you know, if you're black, if you're Hispanic, if you're Asian, you know, all those, everyone's body type is going to be different based on your culture, your heritage, you know, where you come from in the world. And all of that is going to, you know, your body type is going to be different. And it's impossible to try to fit into someone else's body type. You know, it's like, you know, now, obviously, you know, there's women trying to get larger asses, you know, with the whole Kardashian, you know, movement and now they're shrinking their asses. I mean, it's you just can't keep up. So, it's just I think the point is respect your body, um, you know, respect what it can do for you, respect, you know, and 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 have the perspective of gratitude, you know, the attitude of gratitude for, you know, the blessings that you do have. And um I think that that's just helps helps with good mental health and it helps you just be really grateful for, you know, for the body that you were born in. And, um, you know, and it, it just helps you have that, that good perspective. So Emily ended the podcast talking about, um, she started talking about, uh, you know, this new book that she was reading called eating in the light of the moon. And it's all about feminine energy and and the patriarchy versus supporting femininity and you know how women's body types used to be curvaceous and and that was considered beautiful and highlighted as the standard of beauty like these thicker curvier women but now what's held up is more masculine like these stick figures the flat stomach and all those things you know no hips right those, all those things are are much more masculine and it's just interesting how our society has changed in that in that way And I I didn't review the rest of this specific podcast, um, if you want to hear more about the book that she's reading. And she does end these podcasts with a guest, which some of these guests were really interesting people. Like she had Hannah Berner on there. So I just kind of like finished listening to that. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, you know, review that specific part of it. But she does, Emily does have really good guests that talk about um, some of these principles and how it plays out in their lives. So if you're interested, go go listen to the rest of these episodes on RIP Diets. All right, okay, so let's move on to principle uh, intuitive eating principle number nine, and this is exercise and build body confidence. So the official uh, definition on intuitiveeating.org is. Exercise, feel the difference. Forget militant exercise. Just get active and feel the difference. Move rather than think of it as calorie counting. The way you think of it can make the difference between a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. And so, again, our perspective and how we think about things is so, it's crazy how much our mind controls And how we can look at something, you know, will and how, how our perspective on that thing, you know, is the difference between enjoying it or hating it. And so, you know, I used to think, I used to think I had to get on some sort of cardio equipment for anywhere from 30 minutes to 60 minutes. I would always try to hit an hour. That's what I felt like was success. Um, and if I did at least like 30 minutes was like, the bare, bare, bare minimum that I could do. And I always felt like I was cheating. If I stopped at 30 minutes, I would try to do 40. I would try to do 45, anything past 30 minutes, but I would always strive for that 60 minutes and I would be tortured. It would like literally suck so bad because I was, I was just, I was bored and, and, you know, the, the Stairmaster was torture the elliptical I felt like I really wasn't getting a good workout in I barely like got a sweat and then and running you know running was always good but you know, I could only do that for so long because it would hurt my knees and my joints and so and, and but all of it was this mentality that like that's how much I had to do in order to feel like I got a good workout in and in order to I think, I definitely think that I, for a while I was under the mentality that you had to work, like that was also for calorie burning. Like there was, I was correlating it to calorie burning and, and I just had no variety. Like that was what I did. I got on a piece of, of cardio equipment and it was, ugh. now that I, Have so many different ways of working out. I I lift weights. I do Pilates. I do yoga. I do, um, you know, plyometrics. I I, you know sometimes I'll just dance. I mean, you know, all those things has has really changed my life and how I think about working out. And now that I do the intervals and I only do it for twenty minutes, I'm like, oh, this is so easy, and I feel great, and it's just enough. And so you know my perspective on working out. And now I I do it to feel good and for endorphins. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's very different now that I've learned about uh, strength training and all of these different ways that you can get your heart rate up that are fun. And, you know, and I like to just zone out and listen to music and manifest while I'm and daydream when I'm, when I'm working out. And so, I don't know. That's it's it's definitely I'm I'm beyond the realm of thinking of it as like just trying to burn calories. Uh, And so and and when you can really enjoy moving, you know, like when I was in Maine, just going out for a stroll, going out for a nature walk and not thinking about it like, oh, I need to run part of this or, oh, I need to like do some lunges to like increase my heart rate even more or burn more calories or, you know, th- no, I just went out for a stroll and enjoyed nature and enjoyed the autumn leaves falling on the ground and how clear and crisp the air was. And, you know, when you can focus on those things, it's it's not torture. It's just enjoying moving, enjoying nature, breathing and And, and that just takes away that entire mentality of, oh, this is, this is torture. I have to get through this workout. And so, uh, so, so getting back to what Emily's, you know, take on this. So when she was growing up, she wasn't that active. She, she said she didn't really play sports. She did have a brief stint with volleyball, but she never really liked team sports or really wanted to exercise. And she felt embarrassed to work out or to play sports in front of other kids. And so it just took a long time for her to work up to exercising. Um, she said that there was a time that she would try to get on a treadmill and just go for as long as possible. Hello, what I just said. I'm, I'm sure that that's very common for a lot of women. Uh, but, th- but she would then connect it to consumption and how much she would eat how much she could eat if she ran that three miles. And she said that it was typically tied. She said a lot of people do typically tie it in, in our heads to weight loss. And that can lead to, for some people to exercise addiction. Um, you know, like some people have like exercise anorexia where they like are, you know, any calories they consume, they're focused on burning off that number of calories. And so Emily never had an addiction like that, but she does specifically remember tying the working out in her head to, you know, what she was going to eat and, and what that meant as far as how much she could eat. Um, and so, so she did take, Just time off. When she was learning this intuitive eating journey, she just took time off to really focus on the behaviors and the principles of intuitive eating. And, you know, at some point, she does remember that she was obsessively tracking steps, uh, just like she was tracking calories and food. Now, the whole ten thousand steps thing I'm actually I mean I have an interview schedule tomorrow. It's gonna play on a future episode. it's it's I'm interviewing Kim Shapira, who's an rd. supposedly she came up with this ten thousand steps thing i'm I'm curious I'm gonna ask her that. I, t- for me, ten thousand steps is too much. like I was just on a treadmill right now and I was looking I, I did like. I did my intervals. Actually, I only actually only walked today. I just wasn't feeling even my doing my interviews. I just wanted to walk, do a little bit of an incline, but just enjoy some music today. I just didn't feel like really running. Um, but I looked at, I, I ended up doing a little bit more than my normal 20. I think I did like 25 minutes maybe. Uh, and I looked at how many, no, I, I didn't, I don't know how many steps I got in. But I remember, I do remember ca- trying to count steps in the past. And I remember I was on the treadmill for like an hour and I only had like, I think I only had like 3,000 steps in. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I have to be on here for like three hours if I want to get my 10,000 steps in or longer. I'm like, that's insane. And I'm just, and and for me going long distances, it hurts my hips. It hurts my joints. My knee stop, starts hurting. So I would much rather personally have a shorter, intense workout, get it done, get it, get it over with, and, and I'm done. I don't, I, I personally 10,000 steps and I've never tracked like how much I've done in a day. Um, Like I don't have a Fitbit or any of those things. So I don't know. I would be curious like how much I do in an, in an active day, but um, I can see how that can become obsessive for people. Uh, But you know. Emily's just like, look, take a break. You know, if you're feeling like you're doing disordered things with your exercise and, you know, your obsession with the number of steps you're getting in is starting to become disordered, she's like, take a break. Just prioritize your mental health. Uh, Now, she had a turning point, Emily had a turning point uh, when she could no longer go to the gym during COVID. And she realized that when she couldn't go to this gym four times a week and not, do like these specific like habits that she had formed and these specific workouts that she had grew to trust that really worked for her she's like i need to i needed to confront that i'm a little bit addicted to this and she's like i need to look inward and she she's like i had to let go that she couldn't make her body strong in the same ways that she was and she just had to get over the worry of that um, and, and just realize that, okay, she's become a little disordered in her thinking with this. It's it, you know She's not just going to gain all this weight back just because she has to change some things. Um, you know, and she's like, would you worry about regressing, falling into anxiety? You know, she, she's basically posing this as a question. Like, if you're worried about regressing and you're falling back into anxiety, if you're not able to stick to your routine... It's just something to consider, something to look at, you know, is this becoming a little bit disordered and maybe that's time to take a break. Um, Like I remember when, I I remember when I was trying to lose my COVID weight and my boyfriend was counting calories. And so I started trying to count calories and I'm like, I can't do this. It it literally drove me insane and made me want to overeat. I'm better when I just have like, okay, I'm just going to eat whole foods today and I can eat whatever I want, how much I want, but I just, there's no restriction as far as like amounts. I just, I can't count calories. Just like I think counting steps would drive me crazy. Um, And I just think it's important to know what works for you, you know, to, to be very intuitive and look inward on that. Just like Emily's talking about. Um, so for her routine, she would do the treadmill. She did for a short period start doing yoga and Pilates because she did want to strengthen her body, but what she discovered that she really loves is weightlifting, and it's not right for everybody, but it, it resonated with her. She personally didn't love yoga. She said that she has this ADHD brain that doesn't, you know, want to quiet down for yoga and meditate and be centered. So she just really prefers weightlifting. And so she then kind of described like weightlifting 101 to separate upper body from lower body, you know, do it in a different day so that if you're sore from your working out, you know, it's, it's, you can just do the other half of your body and not worry about it. And so so she w- she described how she would do eight to twelve reps on a specific body part, um, you know, you know, one point five minute rest. She'd repeat that three times. Uh, she would those reps. She would work hard enough to exhaustion, lifting as much as she possibly could. Um, and, an eight to 12 reps, she said that, you know, eight was more for if you're trying to get stronger, 12, if you want to lean out more now, I, 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 this is not how I personally work out. And I think again, to each his own, this is what works for Emily. I'm the, t- I can't lift heavy weights. I try it. Uh, it's almost, you know, I have I've, I've initially when I was working out at a gym and, and mainly lifting weights, I was kind of embarrassed that I couldn't put more. And I would try to keep up with the Joneses and look at what my friends were doing and be like, oh, I need to add more weight. But I just realized that was not working for me. It just, it, I don't know. I, my like lower body can't lift that much, even my legs, which is where I carry the majority, like they're the thicker, more muscular part of my body. But I just even squatting, like squatting, I my knees end up hurting. I just can't do a lot of weight. And so what works for Emily is not what would work for me. I personally do prefer body weight exercises. I love yoga. I love Pilates. Um, those types of strengthening workouts work better for me than the way Emily's weightlifting. So again, you have to know what works for you. Try a lot of stuff and. Whatever resonates with you, you know, keep doing that. So she does different things like squats with dumbbells. She'll do kettlebells. She'll do leg presses. Um, you know, she described a bunch of upper body exercises. She's like, you know, cardio is fine if you like it. You know, nature walk is is great. You know, she's like, as long as you're not thinking about it specifically as calorie burning or for weight loss. You know, it's it's that's really where you're getting out of the intuitive, intuitive eating principle. Um, you know, and Emily talked about how she loves bike riding. She's like, I she's like, I, I didn't think about doing it as, as exercise. It really, when I like ride my bike into town or, you know, I'm using it to just run errands, she's like, I, it's kind of like brings me back to my childhood when I just love to get on my bike and ride around. And, you know, it's just, it's brought her joy and it is exercise, but it's not, but but she's just thinking about it as like enjoying getting on her bike like she did when she was a kid, which, again, that's really what the intuitive eating principles are. It's like when you were a kid, you didn't think about burning calories. You just ran all over the place. I and mean, I was jumping in, you know, we grew up on a lake. I was like swimming all the time and, you know, running around the, the woods like a maniac. So you know that's that's what intuitive eating is about—is getting back to that time when you just love to go out and play and run around, and you didn't think about it as, oh, I need to burn this fat. I need to, you know, jump a little higher to burn that extra calorie. It's no, like that. That's that's what to intuitive eating is trying to get you back to. So, um, the last thing she kind of ended with this is, you know don't do an exercise or do a fitness class because it allows you to drink that glass of wine later. She's like, that's what an, a fitness instructor might say to you. Um, you know, like when I take, I post about it on my Instagram account, follow me at the diet obsessed podcast. Um, sometimes I'll post that burn class that I take a lot. It's that mega reformer. And I taught, I call it the torture class because it is torture. Cause they, it's like such an intense workout but and and those instructors will say something like, "Hey, ladies, we're getting ready for the weekend. You got to earn that wine. Get ready. You know, it's and you know, it's it's obviously that's not the again the whole purpose of intuitive eating is not supposed to be about that. Now, but I will. I'm lying if I say that the fact that I work out so much and so consistently like, I like that. I feel like I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, because I've built these good habits of exercise. So, you know, it's, I would be lying if there's no, if I said that there was no thought at all towards the fact that working out consistently allows me to maintain, you know, uh, uh, the, the body weight that I would like to maintain, or the lean body that I like to maintain. Like, That would be a lie if I didn't say that. I, I, When I think back to when I've gained all my weight, the times that I've gained a good 30 to 40 pounds, it's always been when I've stopped working out for an extended period of time. When I stopped working out during COVID, that's when I gained a lot of weight in a very short period of time. I gained like 25 pounds, I think, in like three months. When I gained that weight over the summer, I stopped working out and was binging meals at like 2 a.m. Um... And, and I had stopped working out. I gained like 30 or 40 pounds that summer. So I do know that when I don't work out, I will start gaining weight if I'm eating indulgently. So, you know, I, I, again, it's not, that's not the, I do it for endorphin release. I do it for anxiety release. I do it because I just like to move my body, but I also like that I can eat whatever the hell I want to, and I don't have to think about it so much because I trust that, working out helps me just maintain, you know, a lean body that I want. So again, this is why I, I I don't fit perfectly into this intuitive dieting, eating movement, because there is still a little bit of thought towards, you know, weight loss and weight maintenance, but whatever. So, okay. So now let's move on to principle number 10, honor your health with gentle nutrition. And so the intuitiveeating.org statement or their their, official definition is make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel good. Remember that you don't have to eat perfectly to be healthy. You will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or become unhealthy from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress, not perfection, is what counts. And I love this principle. I have to say, I love the principles of intuitive eating. They're all really good, sensible principles. Uh, So Emily wanted to start with a story. So she talked about how she had never been to a Wendy's and her boyfriend kept telling her like she has to try Wendy's. So she, now I, I love a Wendy's experience. <laughs> I love the Frosty. They have a great baked potato. Now they used to have, this is a side note. Um, they used to have these square old fashioned burgers. Now when they had those square old fashioned burgers, yeah, my mouth is watering. They were probably my best, the best hamburger, the best fast food hamburger on the market. Now, that's before I tried Smash Burger. Now, Smash Burger is 1,000% the best burger, but Wendy's Square Burger definitely was in the running. Then I heard that they came out with a new recipe or something. This was years ago. I haven't had a Wendy's Burger in years and years and years and years and years, and years. but I do remember going, I wanted to try this new burger, and so I went to get the burger, and I could be wrong, but I think they discontinued the Square Burger. Um... And I was really disappointed that they didn't have the square burger anymore, but I'm like, okay, let's try this new burger. And they were at the time, I don't know if they still advertise it this way, but they were advertising it as like juicier. I don't know. But when I bit into it, I was like, no, it was like so juicy. It was like fake juicy. It was, I, I felt like they had like injected it with something. I don't know. It was not good. Needless to say, Wendy's, in my opinion, ruined their burger when they tried to redo it to make it better. Um, but they do have a good frosty. They do have good chili. They do have a a really good baked potato. Uh, I think that's basically what I like there. The fries are like, okay. Um, but I'm, I'm like reading past my notes of like my diatribe into my own thoughts on, um, on Wendy's so anyway so getting back to Emily she was eating in the car and she was like she she had this eureka moment oh so she actually she didn't get the burger Emily got the Wendy's chicken sandwich she got a side of fries she didn't love the fries just like I don't love the fries there they're okay they're not they're definitely McDonald's are way better Emily agreed like Emily thought that the McDonald's french fries were better I think I think McDonald's French fries are delicious. They were number one until Smashburger. Smashburger has even better French fries than McDonald's, especially if you ask for them extra crispy. Um, Getting back to Emily. So she had a eureka moment. So she gets this chicken sandwich. She loves the chicken sandwich. Um, She didn't love the fries, but she really enjoyed this chicken sandwich. And it was a grilled chicken sandwich. Um, I don't think it was fried. I'm pretty sure it was grilled and she's eating in the car and she's like, I had this eureka moment. She's like, there's this blanket statement that all fast food is overall unhealthy. She's like, I used to look at, look down on fast food, you know, who would subject subject themselves to this processed garbage. And, but when she was eating the sandwich, she's like, you know, this is similar to what I would get at a, like a nicer kind of like fast dining experience, but like not like fast food at like a Shake Shack or something. Now, I I tried the Shake Shack burger. I was not impressed. But she's she's calling Shake Shack burgers like a higher-end burger. Um not in my opinion, but Emily has that opinion. Um I mean, I think a better burger is the smash burger. I'm not sponsored by Smashburger. I'm just letting you know. That's my favorite burger. Uh Okay, so people... So she's talking about how people think it's really cheap to eat fast food. She's like, we look down on it. But people shouldn't be elitist and say they won't eat it. She's like, there's nothing inherently bad about fast food. She, she's like, it's similar to beach food or like a gastropub type food. Now, my opinion on fast food is... Now, I... I, I very rarely eat a fast food burger, um, except for Smashburger, of course. And I guess that would, I don't know if that's considered fast food because you can't, you, Smashburger doesn't have a drive through and you, I mean, you do have to sit, they make it fresh, um, but I assume it comes from like the same massive meat markets that all the other places do. Uh, and I'll never forget there was like some news article where they said that they discovered literal feces in a McDonald's burger. That's the only reason that I sometimes I, I try to avoid. I very rarely eat a fast food burger. I other had also had this other very disgusting experience. Um, I got so I used to like Carl's Junior's burgers. Now. That was until I took a bite and this fat chunk, this like hard, fat piece of fat chunk, it was hard, like literally hard, got stuck in between my teeth and I could not get it out for the longest time. It was so, and I've never, I haven't eaten a Smash Burger, I mean uh, a Carl's Jr. Burger since that day. And I used to love their burgers. Um, you know, after the whole Paris Hilton thing came out, I did need I I did feel compelled to try a um a, a Carl's Jr. burger, and I was like, oh, this is really good until that chunk experience. Now, when I get a burger, I'm pretty simple. I like onions, raw onions, red or white, doesn't matter. I like um pickles, and I like now. Smash Burger used to have this Mediterranean burger that had red onions, feta cheese, spinach, and balsamic dressing. It was so good. Now, they discontinued that. So I'm pretty simple. Just extra pickles and onion, maybe a little mustard. But but I usually like to taste the burger. And so here's the thing with fast food. Fast food companies are notorious for making their food addictive. They are the ones that are putting in the chemicals, that are literally chemically engineering these foods to be addictive. So years ago, it might have been less than years ago. I don't know. I can't remember exactly when I had a burger and fries from McDonald's. But I do remember having it and I and I wanted it in the next day. And it's just I think it's easy to fall into bad habits with fast food because it is so convenient. They're literally everywhere. So if you get into a habit of stopping at one of these places and you know, you you can you can get addicted to it, physically addicted to it. So that's it's like a drug. I mean, I I do believe that. So while I don't think that there's anything inherently you know wrong with people getting fast food occasionally I don't look down on people that get fast we I think most people get fast food every once in a while I think the people that like eh, like look down at other people that that might choose this occasionally are lame um you know like the the wellness gurus that are so like staunch in their wellness that they would never stop at a fast food restaurant I mean come on we all do sometimes most of us um you know, but I think when you're like Brandy Glanville, for those of you that know who she is, uh, she, she loves her fast food. And, and there's some people that, you know, like she's always, she was a model. So she's she like a tall, 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 skinny, skinny, skinny body. And I think she for a long time got away with eating a ton of fast food without ever gaining weight because she just had one of those bodies that would just like burn it off. But I think over the pandemic too, she ended up gaining a ton of weight as well because she had these bad habits of eating so much fast food. And then when she was sedentary over the pandemic and she didn't change these habits, you know, she gained, she suddenly gained a bunch of weight. I mean, a lot of my weight loss clients were people that used to be able to eat anything they wanted and they, they would form all of these bad habits, eating all kinds of junk food. And, but they they had they either worked out a lot or they were either were in sports or they um they just had a fast metabolism when they were young and as they got older and things changed or they had kids or whatever they would suddenly and they again they still ate poorly or you know again ate poorly ate a lot of you know fast food and a lot of indulgent junk food uh you know suddenly they put on weight and they just you know, they'd just never been taught about good nutrition and the importance of eating whole foods and having some balance. And you know, suddenly they have to learn all this stuff when they're 40. And and it's hard to just suddenly change habits when, you know, you're trying to compare fast food with a ton of sodium and chemicals that are made to make it taste delicious. And then trying to eat, you know, a piece of chicken breast on a salad, you know, it's, it's. You're in for some disappointment. It's not going to taste the same as the Wendy's chicken. So, so again, I I agree with Emily that there's nothing inherently bad. I do think it can be habit forming. I do think it can be addictive, and so I think it can it can form bad habits very quickly that can become an addiction. And and again, while I agree that nothing happens overnight, you can gain a hundred pounds in a year. You can get you know so. And and again, one day, one week is not going to throw it off. But if you keep going week after week after week, and it extends month after month, you know, again, that's why I think people should be just cognizant and think about nutrition and uh, think about what habits they're incorporating into their lives. And so now... Emily talked about how the ideal body type in Western society has always reflected wealth and status. Now, being thin in the Western culture shows that you can afford healthy food, you can afford, afford a gym membership. And Emily was talking about how our image of what is attractive has to do with wealth and status. Um, she talked about how she has a friend who, who has a wellness nutrition account and she bakes with like buckwheat flour and coconut sugar and, and markets it as, as this is clean living, this is clean eating. But the reality is that it's so expensive. Like those ingredients are incredibly expensive and exclusive. You know, not everybody can eat that way. So when you, when you paint it as like, oh, this is clean, this is wellness. What? So eating not eating that way or not being able to afford to eat that way is means you're not eating clean. Um you know she's like why are you baking all your shit with coconut flour? <laughs> she's like now you know and she and, and Emily's like is it really satisfying your sweet tooth like a real cupcake would? You know wouldn't a brownie a la mode taste better? Like why don't you just eat the real thing? And so Again, I, I, I totally understand what she's saying here. I think, and I agree, right? Like some of these, like, you know, if you're going to Sprouts or Whole Foods and that's where you can find, like, I do have monk fruit sugar in my car, in my cupboard. Monk fruit sugar is like impossible to find unless you're at, you know, one of those, you know, a Whole Foods or Sprouts type uh, grocery store. And it's not cheap. You know, it's it's I saw this ingredient in this wellness influencer that I follow, but I was like, oh my I kept forgetting to pick it up. I'm like, oh my god, I have to like go to the special store to get it. It's expensive, you know? And so I understand what she's saying. I did see, I forget who it was. There was a there was somebody on Instagram who's a fitness influencer who went to the dollar store and was like, what I want to show people is that even if you have to shop at the dollar store, you can eat nutritionally. And I think he got things like cans of tuna. He got mustard. He ended up getting, um, I forget some of the, but he did find whole foods that, and, and that you could, you know, it was an entire, you know, day of food that had high protein. It it incorporated whole foods and it was all bought from the dollar store, which I thought was great. Um, you know, the dollar store does not have fresh produce, so, you know, that can be a challenge. Um, but, you know, I, I, and, and certainly, you know, the, that healthy cookie dough that I made that time that literally sat there. I mean, I wasted a ton of almond flour on that. I wasted a ton of monk fruit sugar on that. I wasted these healthy, low sugar lilies, very expensive chocolate chips in there and I didn't eat it. I mean, I did pick out the chocolate chips, most of them, but I didn't eat it because I didn't want it. So it was, it was a total waste. I would rather eat the real thing. Now I do like little hacks. I mean, you know, if something still tastes delicious, like those protein bagels that I like that, you know, I feel good eating that bagel at any time. And and it's, it's got lots of protein, it's got whole grains in it, it's got sprouted seeds in it. So again, it's like the healthier version of a bagel. And mentally, I do feel better when I eat that. So I think some of those things are good. Like Trader Joe's makes these really delicious low carb tortilla wraps, which are awesome for turkey, Um, like turkey, uh, like low carb turkey tacos. Love it. And, and so there are really, there are some really delicious things out there that are the healthier version. So I think if you, if there are, if, if there are those things out there and you are satisfied by them, I think, Hey, why not? But, um, but I understand what, what she's saying in that, you know, you don't have to eat all this expensive shit to, 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 to be well, right? You can incorporate fast food into into a a healthy way of living, right? Like there used to be fast food restaurants on our weight loss program. So Taco Bell was on there. I'll never forget. I I know all the items that were on there. Like McDonald's um, vanilla ice cream cone was on there. I love their ice cream cone. It's delicious. Uh, And so Taco Bell had their, it was like a single taco, uh, soft shell, like one of the flour tortillas. And it counted like, so, you know, on this plan, you had X amount of starches, X amount of carbs, X amount of protein. It counted as a starch and a carb. I mean, I'm sorry, a carb and a protein. And so I was like, Hmm, I can go to Taco Bell. Yeah, (laughs) It's delicious. So, you know, so I I do, I I agree with Emily. I do think that there's incorporate, you go for the real thing. Um, but I, I, I will caveat it to say that if you think it's delicious and it's the healthier version, fantastic. Um, fit. So going on with what Emily talked about, she's like, fit doesn't have a certain look. People that, people that aren't qualified are making recommendations based on what they look like, not what they know. Now this brings up, I I don't know, so in a future episode, I don't know exactly when I'm going to play this, but there's, I'm doing an episode, a, um, a review of this podcast called Scamfluencers, and it's about this fitness influencer that was frauding people, and a lot of how she got it was because you know she had this like anorexic you know look, and she she was struggling with an eating disorder, and she was doing bikini modeling, and again, she was able to do that just because of the way that she looked, and so not everybody that's, you know, in wellness should be listened to is, is, is her point. And so, you know, gentle nutrition is all about, you know, making good choices that, you know, honor your health and taste buds and make you feel good. It just, it's not about perfection, right? It's about, you know, it's, it's kind of about, I think you can kind of think of it like the way addicts do too, It's like harm reduction. It's like getting some balance in there, You know, my dad wouldn't have had all those heart attacks if he had just walked a little bit, if he had had some balance. You know, you're not going to gain 100 pounds in a year if you're incorporating some balance into your life. So, um, you know... So Emily talked about how she used to have major anxiety about her food choices. She would really kind of obsess over, you know, how many pieces of uh, servings of meat she had or how many servings of dairy she had had that day. You know, if she had sugar more than once or twice a day, she would judge herself. You know, she would always justify her dairy. And and she's like, look, she's like, you know, if you have a, a, a dairy intolerance, you can overcome that dairy intolerance by just using more of it. Now, I don't know if that's true, but she's basically just saying like, don't, don't judge yourself for having that glass of milk or eating some cheese. It's like, it's not going to make or break you. Um, you know, it's not about eating perfection and, and trying to be on this, this perfect clean eating. It's, it's, that's a waste of time. What Emily tries to do is incorporate all the food groups. She doesn't restrict anything. She's not rigid. She doesn't strictly monitor what she's eating. She's like, some, there's some days that I will eat three sandwiches in a day. She's like, now, is that a day that I feel my best? No, but but absolutely there are days that I do that. You know, you know, just like Jenny Hutt, there's some days that she'll eat ice cream for dinner. She doesn't do that every single night, but there are nights that she does it and she just doesn't beat herself up about it. She lets her, she gives herself grace. She moves on. Um, Emily focuses more on adding things. She's like, you know, rather than take things away, I'll add more vegetables. I'll add a sauce if something's bland. Um, and I, I, I totally agree with that. Like, I know that if I'm just having a side salad with my half a sandwich, I feel like I'm having a healthy meal. Whereas if I just eat a half a sandwich, I don't feel as healthy. Like the addition of those vegetables, it really does make a difference just mentally sometimes. So now, Emily did warn, like, disregard this principle when you're just starting out, you know, honor your cravings, take away that tendency to food panic, you know, then you can focus on the gentle nutrition. Once you trust that you're going to be able to eat whatever you want, you're not going to starve, you know, you're not going to restrict, that's when you can focus in on, you know, incorporating uh, principles of gentle nutrition. She's like, you don't lose weight or get healthy in one day, just like you don't gain weight in one day, you know, making changes over time, consistently doing it, you know, is really what, what makes the difference. And that, and I, again, I totally agree with that. I mean, that's why I try to do the 80-20 rule and, you know, why it's that, that works for my lifestyle because most nights, I, I do want to have some something sweet. I do want to have a dessert of some kind. I don't feel good, though, if I'm binging. So, you know, again, not beating yourself up, but just focusing on movement, having some balance, um, you know, and, 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 you know, focusing on what feels good to your body. Um, you know, gentle nutrition means, you know, think about the way that foods are affecting you right? If you do eat, you know, a, you know, a pound of candy one day, do you feel good? You know, is that something you want to continue? Is that how you want to continue to feel? And, um, and, and to, to, to just to think about that, you know, and, and practicing these principles uh, of intuitive eating can lead to just overall better mental health, because you're just focusing not on diet culture, you're focusing on just what feels good to you. So that wraps up the last principle of intuitive eating. Um, I am feel much more knowledgeable about these principles now, about the concept of intuitive eating. I do think that I naturally do incorporate a lot of these principles into my life. I do think I have a little tiny bit of diet culture still inside me, I don't know if I'll ever lose that. I mean, I there are some elements of diet culture I, I still enjoy from the perspective of, I think there are going to be people that still want to lose weight and there are different ways to do that. And I'm just so interested in all those different ways and what works for different people. Um, again, I think finding what works for you is what's key. So I will have lots more content coming up. Um, I'm going to be doing a review of a podcast called Maintenance Phase soon. I mentioned Scamfluencers. I have a couple of interviews coming up. We are heading into the holidays, so I'm kind of trying to get ahead of some of these tapings and then... But I'm always going to try to personalize the introduction so that it's current, and I'm, I'm I am talking about like what's going on in my life at that time, and talking about different holidays as they come. So I will try to keep up with that. Uh, but please follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. DM me if there's any thoughts you want to share. If if any of these, if you're intuitive eating, if there's any topics you want me to bring up, if you have any stories to share, I love hearing from my listeners. Uh, please take time to leave a review for this podcast. That just means wherever you listen to podcasts, scroll down to the bottom, leave some stars, leave a comment. That means so much to us podcasters. Uh, if you are so inclined, make it your Instagram story so other people can learn about this and listen if, they're, if they would like to. And until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.